Uh, it's podcast day. It is podcast day. We got day. O-Dog back in the house. Yeah, I'm just going to warn everybody that we got the big O-Dog here working out. So if you hear some barbells dropping or some grunting and groaning, it's it's O-Dog. Grunting and groaning. Yeah, grunt. Is it? No, not grunt. grunt. Yeah, you grunt. Funny. Yeah, groan. Groan. Like, that's funny. That's groaning. Oh. <laughs> or no, or no movement, movement yeah. at all. And yeah. If I get up and you hear someone slapping someone, it's to get them moving. Yeah. And, he's, <laughs> and he's doing his workout in complete silence because we have to do the podcast. So... That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird thing. People that do that, people that work out with no music. Especially when you can choose to have music. Yeah. yeah. So we had a guy that used to work here uh, that would do know. this. So I, the one day in particular, I remember I walked in the gym. There was no lights on. I, and I didn't see his car, so I thought I was the first one here. I come in. I open the side door over there. Yeah. And I could just hear. Psh, psh, psh. And I'm like, what is going on? So I look, he's doing cleans in the corner in the dark with no music. Yeah. One of our employees. Yeah. I was yeah. like, dude, are you good? Yeah, so that like, just explains to you that how normal you have to be to oh, work yeah. here. Oh, yeah. There's a certain level of <laughs> yeah. not normal that's required. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, uh, O-Dog might pop in at some point. So anyways, that's the first part of our day. Um, yeah. Do you have any opening? I got a whole bunch, dude. You want to do the opening anthem here? Well, yeah. I I'm, I'm, uh, I dropped my son off on Monday to in Guelph. So Did you cry? Was, what's that? Did you cry? Nope, I didn't cry. No, we're done crying? I didn't cry. You think we're past crying? I didn't cry. No, I know. I'm so, so I'm asking. Are, oh, you, no. are you not going to cry ever again? Or no, 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 no. Cry? But but um, so that he was home for eight days, mm-hmm. and you, obviously you saw him quite a bit. It was fun. so nice to have him home, dude. Like I've said this on podcasts a couple times, how it's hard to be a dad sometimes when they move away like that, especially how young he was mm-hmm. and is, and. You know, you get used after four months, you're talking to him on the phone or a, a FaceTime and it's 10 minutes and if he's into it, we'll get half an hour, but busy, tired and, you know, but it's just different, right? And then after games, you get to see him for a few minutes, then he takes off or we'll go for dinner or something like that. And it's just a short burst and you're trying to jam as much in. So it's just so nice to have him home for eight days and just be ourselves because him and I are tight and... I, I just, I realized how much, just in that short time, how much I actually missed him and how much I actually like him and everything that he's about and how he makes me laugh and all these things. And it's just, uh, I, I appreciate him even more now. And so when he was, when we were winding up the the visit, the Christmas vacation or whatever you call it, I was just like the last couple of days, I'm like, oh man, it's going to be, we got to bring him back. And I think he was feeling it a little bit too, because he, you know, it's always good to be home, right? But uh, but one of the interesting so anyways I dropped him off and you know it wasn't it was sad I was just like ah you know yeah it's a kid yeah. but he's got to do this of course and he wants to do this but it was like wow I just I want to be with my son more so that's like one of the things I always say is you know be careful what you wish for with, with this hockey thing as a parent because uh, it gets you right in the heart sometimes yeah and, uh, like I, I I miss my kid man I like my kid I, I so one of the funny things is when he was here so what happened guys so when he was here we kept him and uh, a handful of um, OHL guys on the ice early in the mornings and uh, there's a few days in a row even on his vacation where he got up and we we're on the ice at seven o'clock in the morning and um, you know I could obviously he knew he had to do it just to keep his legs under him like he didn't have to but it's a good thing we didn't go really hard or anything but Kind of got some pace a little bit, but anyways, um, he would we would get here at seven, and the, a couple of days we didn't leave till seven and eight o'clock at night, and he he was the happiest kid being here. We can't explain to people how much they love Power Tech, 
and him and the boys were uh, were here all day. And that's what he said to me was, Dad, I love power tech. I could stay here all day. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's the, we talked about last week, the energy thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, for sure. I think that's a huge, a huge part of uh, why it's so fun to be fun, enjoyable, whatever word. It's where you, you end up feeling like you're in flow all day. Yeah. And time's just buzzing by, even when it's super busy or when it's really hard when for, you know, the group, of, especially the more elite guys coming in, they skate, they work out, they're kind of just getting bagged for the whole day. Yeah. And, uh, but it's that high energy, high pace environment, tunes yeah. are blasting, everyone's yeah. kind of talking, goofing around, laughing, yeah. working hard all yeah. at the same time. So it's just a, yeah. it's that environment we always talk about, you know. Oh, it's the best place to be. Yeah, it's good. This is my home base. Yeah, it is home. That's what it feels like for me too, home base, yeah. you know. It's the best. When so, I'm not here for a couple of days, which is not very often, I like I miss it. It's I'm out of my routine yeah, and stuff. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, so the last couple of weeks I've been a little bit lack of days. Nah, yeah, I haven't been lack yeah, of days are going away. It's not your routine. Yeah, intensity but dials intensity, down. I was like, my son coming home, my son being seeing it, being in town, Christmas, just a lot going on. The fitness has been like it's been there, but it's it's been like okay, let's just get Go through, through it without my. Yeah. My focus. So, anyways, I decided yesterday. Actually, O Dog worked out with me yesterday. I was kind of getting back into it yesterday. My ass is so sore today. You couldn't pull a pin out of my ass with a tow truck right now. You know. <laughs> that's how. That's how sore it is. <laughs> I'm leaving that one in. Well, of course you are. <laughs> But I, I got, I got kind of, I got dialed back in. Like the reset was yesterday, and it's yeah. good, ate nice and clean. Uh, so that's that. I still haven't had my reset. I know because you still got a couple of days. Oh man, left. this Italian thing, man. Anyone who's who's foreign, and and I'm sure there's other not foreign families that are <laughs> that are like this. Yeah, but, maybe. But man, if you're if you're that Southern European family, like holy hell, man. We got so so normally non-COVID, it's twenty three. December 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. Sometimes we'll do another day between the 26th and the 31st. And then we do the 31st and January 1st. It's a lot, man. So we got like we got like seven days of family-style gathering yeah. in a two-week span. And it's like, it's a lot. not even 10 days. It's a lot, man. Yeah. So, but, so I'm not going to have mine really. So I'm in go-through-the-motions mode until January 3rd probably. Yeah, just to get by. Yeah, just to burn, keep, burn keep, some calories. Try yeah. to get not eat the cherry pie or whatever. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Mike Christine about it too, because you get through, you go through the holidays, and it's easy to get out of your routine. So if you can do something to keep mm-hmm. some semblance of the routine, yeah. it makes it easier to get back yeah. into it after. Because normally after the holidays, it's tough for people to get back into the flow yeah. because for two weeks, you're kind of checked out. You just kind of mail it in. Yeah. So if you can do something to try to maintain it, that was that was one thing I was set on this year, like you were saying, just every day, go, at least just go through the motions just to keep the yeah. template kind of in place. So like January, when January 3rd comes, whenever you get your reset day, it's a little bit easier. It's not as much of a resistance to get back into it, you know? Yeah. I was saying to you last, I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week, but I was saying that I got under that squat rack last week mm. on the Monday, and I just said, I'm really over the squat. Yeah. Like, I've had enough oh, yeah, squats. That, yeah. Still, I'm still going to do them, but it's like, I've, yeah. I, okay, enough's enough. Like, yeah. I don't want to, 
have no desire. Like actually, I have no desire to go over like two twenty five, two fifty on squatting anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll just do volume and do other stuff. But I'm just so over the squat now. I'm over the back squat. Yeah, the back squat. The back squat can kick rocks, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's for me. I don't know what it's, and this is a thing where it's beyond my knowledge. I'm trying to figure it out, but I get, I feel that like compression in my upper back. You do it. Eh? Like that spine compression, my tightness up in my shoulders and whatever. And I've had a couple shoulder injuries that have contributed mm. to that. Yeah. And I've also, uh, sleeping is a big thing for me. Yeah. I just got actually for, for, from Santa Claus, I had, uh, I got a pillow. Oh, nice. What kind? It's like a, it's like a contoured, like neck support, memory foam that's breathable type pillow. So far, so good. It's awesome. Oh, good. It's sometimes awesome. it'll fool you. Yeah. I got one last summer. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, this will be the one. And right. I was like, mm, well, not the that, one. That's what I was kind of tentative about, especially memory foam. It sounds good, but it's freaking, it can be hot, yeah. man. It can be hot, so it's hard to sleep on. But I, my my sister actually got it for me, and it, it's been that's, great That's so a great far. gift. But it's about, let's say, two and a half inches up, and it doesn't it doesn't compress down. So it stays, keeps your neck, like, elevated. Yeah. So it gives me, I'm feeling like I got some more space, like, in my shoulders and in my traps from when I sleep. Yeah. Whereas before, if you got a flat pillow, it's like, you get all jammed up and you yeah. wake up in the morning like not feeling great about it. So anyways, funny, eh? when someone says it's a weird thing, but it's actually just someone says, you know, like, how do you someone walk around? And they go like, oh, man, I'm hurting. I slept wrong. It's like, how do you sleep wrong? Like, yeah. it's all you have to do is you go in bed and yeah. you, you lay there. Right. How do you do it wrong? But yeah. you can actually do it you wrong. You can actually and, do it wrong. Yeah. And when you do it wrong, it hurts. It hurts. You get those tweaks. Yeah. From sleeping. From sleeping. I know. I can beat the crap out of myself all day and feel good. I, I, and I can that's have actually a, better. A, a like bad feels, sleep. Yeah. yeah. It feels better to do that. Being still for too long makes yeah. you sore. Yeah. It's like, weird. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple weeks, or yeah, I think a couple weeks ago, we did a podcast on late bloomers yep. and late birthdays and stuff like that. And I was just curious this morning. I remember I asked you if you were if you were born two months later, you'd be with the '95 group. Yep. And not that we're saying that you'd play in the NHL or whatever, but you definitely would have been drafted higher. Oh yeah, I I would assume. Well, because you would have been two months later, you would have been. Tell me about it. Well, I was. I said to you when you mentioned it this morning that if I was, so my best year playing was my midget major year. That was when that was the first year where I yeah. felt like, oh, I'm actually good at hockey. That was the first, I remember like not having, and I was always like a, a decent player. Yeah, you were good. But I never had the, the feel that I was good. I wasn't really confident ever. And I, the caveat obviously is midget major, most of the good players are gone already. So that's one factor. But the other fact, like I was much better than almost everyone that we played against in yeah. that year. Yeah. So I was thinking if I had that four month off season span, you know, yeah. of development yeah. before my draft year, which that's the difference between being a late birthday and an early birthday, right? If I would have had another three, four months, that could have been that could have been a difference Make for a me. Difference. And now my timing is is different, you know, of yeah. when I start to feel like yeah. a burden. And that could be not true either. Like it could have just been I was in midget major and I was just better than everyone because most of the good players are gone. But it could have also been if I had that extra four months, maybe that makes a difference for me, you know? Yeah. Well, interesting. So you mentioned it. We were talking about it that, that week and I just I was thinking about it on the way in this morning, like, Two months later, you would have been a 95 birthday. That would have put you definitely in the upper echelon of that group of kids. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, you were with your group of kids, but yeah. um, that's what I say with Charlie, right? If you would have been playing minor midget this year, it would have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, put, it would have put me in the upper echelon earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's because yeah. I was in the upper echelon in my age group, but not till later. Yeah. yeah. You know, after my draft. Yeah. So. So, anyways, that was something to think about. But then you mentioned a name. This morning of one of the kids that was good on uh, one of the one of the teams, yeah. 
And I told you this morning, he was one of the guys that uh, would have, this was a, I felt so bad. So he was, he was one of the kids that I said, um, they couldn't afford memberships and time and all this stuff. So I said, just come to my, my pad on my garage and we'll work out. And he was one of the kids. Mm-hmm. So I was on draft day. He was in 95. On draft day, I said, I knew he wasn't going to get drafted in the first three, four rounds probably. But yeah. I, I figured he was a good, because you even said he was a really yeah, good player. A good player. Yeah. One of the names I remember. So 100%. Yeah. And uh, so I figured I'll go pop in and hopefully celebrate with him, whether he got drafted in the eighth round or 12th round. I was going to celebrate with him and stuff. And uh, so I went over and they were all excited. They had a cake and all this stuff. And Mistake. Tenth round comes by and he's starting to bite his nails and go nuts. And then twelfth, yeah. and it's like, oh no! So he went up to his room, gone. Yeah. And then that was the worst day. I Overdid alive, it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I was t- telling you a bunch of guys my age did. It was the same kind of idea where they yeah. were all one of my one of my best friends at the time. I was at his house for the draft, and he ended up getting drafted, but much later than he thought. And then I've said this before. He was devastated. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went. We instead of watching the draft, we went downstairs and we were playing mini sticks because he was pissed off. That, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you got drafted. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. But the expectation that yeah. you can put on so going a lot. Now, there's a there's a a tip for the parents. If you're not so sure, like just leave it alone. You know, I'm not saying you can't celebrate or whatever, but it's everyone. Like you've said this before, everyone's disappointed except the first overall pick. Yeah. You know. Everybody is disappointed. If you were second overall, you could have been first, yeah. and you weren't. And, and you'll start comparing. You start comparing. Yeah. If you go second round, you just missed first round. Yeah. If you miss the top three rounds, then it's like, oh, man, now maybe I won't sign and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So you're always a little bit disappointed, even if you are mostly happy about what ha- whatever happens. But you always get that little tiny bit of disappointment. So you don't want to have that big you know, dog and pony show situation where you're Pre prematurely celebrating because you don't know how the kid's going to react. You know. Yeah. Well, that so. guy there, Owen, second overall pick. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Merkley went first. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Uh, so last, oh no, I got two more things. No, let's go with this one first. I want you to think about this. I read this one last night. The first one is something I say in different words. The the, the second part, I mean, the first part, I'm not sure what it means. So, uh, this is from old Seneca. Remember old Seneca? Mm-hmm. Native. We're we're off. We are more often frightened than hurt. That's the part I'm not not sure about. And we suffer more in our imagination than in reality. Mm-hmm. So the second part, we suffer more in our imagination than reality. Is a lot mm-hmm. of times fear and worry. Remember that. Remember how I say yeah. we, we we worry about things and they they never happen. And when they do, it's right. like not even close to what we thought it would be. Yep. And we paralyze paralyze ourselves on the what ifs and what could be and. You know, like, so if, as a hockey player, a lot of the times, uh, like, th- I'm going to go the simplest form here, is um, if, if you have a big game, that big game, and you start thinking about it, and, and, and what you do is start creating anxiety, and that's kind of what it's saying there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting in your first hockey fight, if you think about it all the time, yeah. then it becomes worse than it could be. Um, your your imagination is is will create fear, doubt, anxiety, and all these different things. So you got to kind of let things happen. But what do you think of the first one? We are more often frightened yeah, than one. hurt. So the, the first part, to me, I got two examples. The first is if you think about when a baby cries, uh-huh. a lot of times the baby isn't hurt. It just doesn't know what's going on, which could be frightened. So, could be. Could so be. for example, if uh, I remember this with my baby cousin. if When he was a little bit young, he's one now, but when he was in his first six months, if anyone took him instead of mom 
crying. Yeah, okay. So why are you crying? Not You're not hurt. He's just a little bit scared. He doesn't know where mom is. He doesn't know why okay. he's being Maybe. that kind of idea. Or even if the kid falls, how much of it is you're hurt? How much of, is it that you're a little bit exactly. shocked that you fell? So, you know, you're climbing on the monkey bars and you fall off. Okay, you might have like banged your knee up a little bit, but then you you cry and cry and cry about it. And if you know, mom and dad play into that and yep. s- and say, "Oh my God!" Uh, but some parents, like my dad, would just be like, "No, you're all right. Like you're okay." And yep. then you cry for three seconds, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I am okay. Okay." Yeah. So I think that that's kind of the yeah. Thing. So and it's kind of like okay, uh, someone. This is I was thinking of these things too. Is you, you if you break a finger or you have blood, you. You freak out. Right. It's not necessarily so, that you're A little hurt. bit of shock value. A little shock value. So you learn the difference. The other okay, example, so that's the physical side. Yeah. The, the mental th- side is the one I'm interested in. Okay. Well, the, I'll give you this example. And then the other one I was, this is where it m- kind of plays to the mental point. I forget where I heard the story, but a guy, I was kind of talking about this exact point. A guy stepped on a nail and it went through his boot. So obviously he's freaking out in pain, like going crazy goes to the hospital, they take the boot off and it didn't go through his foot. It wow. went through his toes. In between yeah. his toes, it didn't actually pierce him at all. What a baby. So yeah. So so but there that that's sucked. that's that's a extreme example obviously, but that's an example where, you know, he's looked at it. He's like, "Oh my god, I stepped on a nail." Mm-hmm. Freaks him out. And now he he feels like his that's the power of the mind, right? Like it, yeah. it, he tricked himself into believing he stomped on a nail and he actually didn't. You know, and that goes into the power of belief, the placebo effect, yeah. all those types of mental games that you're. Okay. you're well, it's funny as you get older, that stuff plays on you. Like mm-hmm. if I, I remember one time I was having like, felt like I knew I wasn't, but I like I'm like, oh my god, I think I'm having a heart attack. Like, I, how can I? It was stress. That's what it was. I had yeah, to yeah. just learn to breathe and stuff like that. But your mind starts to play tricks. Right. But I'm still thinking of a different type of mental. Okay, go ahead. So I was thinking, I was, I wondered if he was saying this from the mental standpoint of um, more, more frightened than hurt. So let's just say you are a hockey player, and I'm talking emotionally. So is it? Let's say you get cut from a team. Are you? hurt or are you was the word frightened frightened of what do i get to do next so another way to say this would be like people that are in a long-term relationship and they're maybe in love well if you're long-term you're probably in love yeah let's say you get cheated on and are you hurt probably but are you frightened more for what's going to happen like what do i do with my life now that's that's yeah that's that's what i was trying to i was trying to so my point to that is i was trying to get to see if you had a perspective right away on the emotional side of it. Well, now I'm just I do. curious. Yeah. Now I do because saying that it reminds me of Jordan Peterson thing because he uses that exact example oh, of he? getting cheated on. Okay. Because what hit from like psychological perspective, the reason it can be so scarring is because of how wrong you were about right. what you thought was correct. There so it's go. like you're in a there relationship with your spouse, let's say, and you think you know this person. You think you know them inside out. You trust them. You you're comfortable with them. You think you know everything about them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you find out that you had no idea what they were about. You had no idea what they were doing. You had no idea where they were. Your trust was misplaced, and all of those things. Now you were you've been betrayed, so to speak. And the reason that you're you end up being so scarred is because you're shocked that you were so sure 
about what was right and where you were, but you were totally wrong, mm-hmm. totally wrong. So, and that's why the, for relationships in particular, being honest is really important because if you don't have that, people will think you're being honest yeah. until they find out you're not. Yeah. And now that's true. you're in a massive confusion because if you're with this person for 10 years, then you don't know what the hell just happened for the last yeah. 10 years because you yeah. thought X, Y, Z. You rocked to the core. But yeah, it was actually A, B, C, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, how do you deal with that? And that's where yeah. now it's, we're back to the unknown again, right? Yeah. Where now you, you have no idea what just happened. Everything's yeah. unknown and that's where you get your fear situation. Yeah. So maybe relating it back to hockey, that I think it's that kind of thing too. Like let's say you're a kid that played AAA your whole life or you played junior for two years or whatever and now you show up sure you're going to make the team and then all of a sudden you find that happened to me one year i was on the bubble Mm. and i had been on the team every year and now all of a sudden i'm on the bubble and i'm like what the hell like what am i going to do if i get cut like what the hell is going to happen and now i'm yeah now you're thinking okay my ego all that all that all that so that's where it turns mental right i was just thinking as we're talking about this because i'm gonna i'm actually gonna put some thought into that statement and see how it applies because basically fear paralyzes people right Mm -hmm. uh it motivates some but but fear is a Something that you gotta you gotta face and go through. Mm-hmm. So sometimes understanding where your fear comes from is important. So, um, uh, so what was the ter- what was the thing? In people are more often frightened than hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, just going to Charlie's draft. Like so, when we're talking about the draft, no one's ever happy where they get drafted, except for one person. Yep. Um, so if you listen to the people, the, the teams, they're yeah, we're taking. It. So we had about five, definitely. F- we knew he. We knew he wouldn't go farther than Guelph. We knew that for sure, unless, but you never know. But yeah. we knew that for Almost sure. sure. We knew he was going to go to Guelph. That was going to be the latest. We're positive of that. But there was one about five teams, much much earlier, that were taking you. Like we're we're, we're taking you. We're taking you. We're taking. You. So that could be when they don't take you. Does that make you fear? Well, it did actually. My son's going, Dad. I don't know if I'm going now. So that that was an emotional thing. Well, yeah, I think it all ends up going back to the unknown, right? So yeah, that's what I mean. So like the first the first team that said they were going to take him, he was like, yeah, they said or they led on that they might take him. It's like okay, that one comes and goes. It's like okay, like yeah, I thought they might, but okay. Yeah. Then the second one does, and you're like, eh. Yeah. Now the third one does. Yeah. And then now you're starting to get some doubt, right? Now you're starting to get like, wow, am I gonna? So you're expected to go between first round ten pick and second round. 31. 31 or whatever. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, what, what 28, if I... 29, 30, you're going, maybe right, it's going to be 130. Right. Exactly. So now all the unknown comes back. It's like, yeah. oh, I, I was sure though. Yeah. I was sure I was going to go in one of these spots and I ha- now I missed all of them. So am I, are they going to, did they forget about me? Am I going to be, am I going to not get drafted? Am I like all those, yeah. you can start to spin stories in your head like crazy, yeah. you know? So that goes back to like, that's why... You have to, mental toughness is living in the moment. Certain things, you, there's nothing you can control. You can control, you can control what you can control. Outside of that, you can't. Yeah. Anyways, that was just a little rant. Yeah, I read it last night. I said, oh, that's something I want to just yeah, throw out at you and see where your head went. Yeah, I like that. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. I like those. It was good. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I like, I like those a lot. Yeah. So last thing before we actually podcast yeah. <laughs> is you're having a date with your uncle today? Yeah, I got a date with my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys doing as a couple? Going to play squash as a couple. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it was like yeah, a yeah, date. Yeah. No, no, not no. romantic. No, not romantic. But no. um, haven't played ever before. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually excited to talk about this because I can go on a ton of... I just want to 
Mark your spot. I, I, I could talk about squash, not just because of squash, but like the cross training piece all day. Yeah. And not, not the vegetable, the sport. <laughs> That's right. The, yeah. the sport. So you're going to play squash and you've never done it before. Right. So this guy here, O-Dog, and I brought Eric Wellwood and Charlie with me, and we played like a little tournament together amongst us Sick. for a couple hours. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. So I'm going to just go back to squash. So when I played hockey in junior, after my workouts, there was a facility that had a squash and racquetball courts in it and badminton and all this stuff. And I used to play some tennis with my uncle, a Finnish uncle named Osco. used to play a lot of Osco? tennis. Osco? Osco. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed tennis, although tennis can be a little bit slower, but it's good. Anyways, we played uh, a reward for a good workout or completing our workouts was to go play squash, racquetball, or badminton. And all great. If we were ever not motivated to finish our workout, we loved those sports so much. Yeah. And we would add two hours to our day doing it. Mm -hmm. So much fun. The, the great thing about it, though, there are so many benefits of playing squash, badminton, catch. We used to do that in the backyard. You know, I. Here's an example. This is this is why you should always play other sports. Not necessarily like at a competitive level, but play sports. Cross-train a little bit if that's the word we're going to use. We're playing, we play catch all the time. I throw them grounders and stuff. But little things, right? You learn about your body. So I throw a ball to him and as a little kid, he'd always want to turn his glove over like that and catch it with his, you know, it's just a natural thing kids do, right? So I explained to him, I said, listen, on that half of your body, when it's on this half of your body, you should be catching it open-handed. Right, and get your body in front of it and stuff like that. But the only time you, the only time you turn your hand over is when you have cross. to cross your body. So it took some thought, right? So like, but in his his brain's being imprinted like, oh, this is how my body should move. Yeah. Right. Grounders was the same thing, right? I throw some grounders. To, oh, by the way, playing catch with a five year old, it's nothing but pain. <laughs> pain. Yeah. But yeah, he got better that. quick. Yeah. But amazing how fast they are. They're whipping balls at you and stuff. Grounders was the same thing, right? Like, they, there's a sense of fear of a ball coming in too hard. There's a sense of getting out of the way. And then Bad bounce, just teaching yeah. them to, to get in that squad and to scoop it and, like, understand React, that that yeah. ball's not going to hurt you. If yeah. you do that, it might come up and pop you in the head, but it's not really. Right. But you get in front of it, and then all of a sudden you become athletic and you're not, you, you're taking fear away, right? Yep. So I was just saying that. He, he, would, he was interested in, you know, jumping on the track with me because I'd go to the track and run some hundreds. Yeah. And he wanted to be like his dad, right? So he'd run some hunters with us. He did all this different cross training. Mm -hmm. Remember I told you when he was a diaper crying that he couldn't do kettlebells with that guy I was just telling right. him about. So I had to buy him a little kettlebell, right. a little baby kettlebell. Anyways, squash. He got started playing squash, and then he got, actually started getting good at it. How does squash benefit you in hockey? Well, if you think about it, not even just the physical. There is a physical. So you got hand-eye coordination like crazy, okay? We started off with racquetball because... Squash was like, it's a, it doesn't really bounce until you got some zip to it. So we started with racquetball just to get used to swinging a racket and whatever, I, getting some hand-eye coordination. Then we then he wanted to play the squash, which was same day, by the way, but we just crossed, went to one court to the other just yep. to get used to it. So then as you play in squash, all of a sudden you're, you're judging depth perception. You're judging angle. So right. like, you know, you, you transfer that into into the pucks on the boards and stuff like that. Yep. You're... you're um, you're judging, you know, cracking the ball hard, using your wrists, or nice little soft touches. So now all of a sudden you're, so what that's, you, when you're going for a ball, it's a stop, it's a quick start, it's, it's, it's short bursts of speed. So all of a sudden you're taking these things, and, and again, not because it's training you for hockey, but you're doing athletic movements. Yep. And all of a sudden, 
when you do when you go on the ice and you say, okay, we're gonna do a quick start and we're gonna do a, a, a stop with a load on one leg and open up your hips and go. You've done it 300 times yep. playing squash, without. So now you got that kid that has done some athletic things. It's not a whole new movement that you know. Some guys on the ice, you go like, dude, just bend, bend your hips, bend your knees, get over. They've done it. Yeah. So it's like they didn't do it because they were like really processing it. They did it because they just were playing a sport. The other side of it was like, when you play a game like squash, it's because it's so different. And we didn't play by ex- exact rules until he got a little bit older. But all of a sudden, he's trying to beat me. Now, once he started getting better, he wants to start beating me. So now the strategy of playing Guel- uh, Guelph, <laughs> the, the, uh, why did I say Guelph? Golf, squash. Golf, squash. The strategy of playing uh, squash is different. His mind is saying, okay, dad is, is he keeps, oh, maybe if I, maybe dad's old and fat. Maybe if I get him running a little bit and I just tap uh, a ball yes. in the corner, I got to make him run. Oh, that didn't work. Well, why didn't that work? And all these little things, you start piecing it together, and then you got a kid that's thinking a game, and there's strategy to strategy to it. So now you're combining a good sweat, some good cross training. You're learning a sport. You're doing all these different athletic movements that athletic movements, not hockey movements, athletic movements, and you're using your brain. Yep. And and you're competing. Right. And after it, you give each other a big hug and you go grab a bite to eat and you love each other. Yep. And it's the best way to, it was the best way uh, that I, it's the best gift I could have given my kid is giving him a sport and learn, learn a sport and all that stuff. But anyways, I can't even emphasize how beneficial that is to you. Yeah. To and so I, the, you're going to see it. I got a, yeah, I got a couple things. Oh, I haven't played. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reviewing it next week, but a couple of things that you just said, I want to highlight on that. So playing other sports as a concept the reason it's great is obviously all those things you just said. A couple other pieces to playing a sport like squash is, you, you touched on it a bit without explicitly saying, is, is the one-on-one battle now. Yeah. Right? Whereas in team sports, you don't necessarily get, like you go and practice and you can do battle drills and stuff like that, but you don't normally get that till you're older. Whereas if you play a one-on-one sport, yeah. Now you're forced to be, it's me versus you. There's no hiding. Like I, you can't hide behind somebody else. It wasn't else. a bad pass by somebody That's else. That's right. You, you messed up, you yeah. screwed up, or you did something well. Very true. And now you can start to figure it out. That's one point. The soft touches, like you're talking about, learning to play strategy. It's like yeah. you're learning how to play chess with, in a sport, right? So drop shots versus a hard shot, throwing it to the far corner versus keeping it close, reading what the other person is doing in order to gauge what kind of shot you should take. Yeah. All that stuff applies to hockey. Yeah. It all applies, and it all applies to other sports. This is why the I'm not a big fan, and I know you're not either, of the like sport-specific training. It like does. the the only sport-specific training is if you're playing the sport. Yeah. So it's like hockey on the ice is sport-specific training. Yeah. If you're off the ice doing something else, you're just training like an athlete. Well, especially you know? if you look at the. Uh, there's the uh, long-term, develop, long-term athletic development right. plan. That long-term development plan, it's science. It's proven that at certain ages, you cannot train. For example, at seven, you can't train speed. Yeah. At uh, What you can train is aiming and balance and throwing. And yeah. Well, that's not very good. No, well, it's, it's the base. It's the yeah. foundation of sports. Right. So, but if you look at that long-term athletic development plan, you'll notice that there's certain times in certain places and the crossover sports is huge. Another two, well, we've done a lot of sports, but another two things, and again, 
I didn't do this for him for hockey. I did this for him because he had an interest. He did some jujitsu. Yeah. Did jujitsu. And to this day, he understands jujitsu. He did it for months, like maybe six months. Not every day, maybe once a week. And he learned grabs. Oh, what does this represent? Grabbing. Yeah. You know, if you get in a hockey fight, there's there's that, right? You're learning leverage with the body. You're learning uh, how other bodies move. You're learning resistance. Like if someone pushes on you, if you push back, you're just doing this. But if you learn how to roll with things, all of a sudden you ha- you can learn advantages. And it wasn't like we were looking to get a black belt in jujitsu, but what we learned, we learned, we did it for more learning. So again, your brain turns on, yeah. and you have to think because yeah. those those types of sports, you have to actually think. You just not it's not a, right. a matter of being stronger than someone or better. Yeah. So you have to activate this. You're thinking all the time. And if you're competitive, they, then you're thinking all the time. And the other thing we did is a lot of boxing. Yeah. And we did box. And, well, he played lacrosse too, which is so beneficial to hockey. But the boxing was, uh, this is why we did boxing. First of all, I never wanted my son to be able not to be in a situation where he couldn't take care of himself if he had to. But it was, we were going from hockey to lacrosse to hockey to lacrosse. And it would be like, they would intertwine for like a uh, almost a month. And it's like... I want to stay home once in a while. And I don't want to be on the road. So we sat him down. We said, listen, we love you playing lacrosse, but we're going to stay home this summer. So this was like when he was in Bantam, I think. So I said, you can either pick a sport or you can play house league lacrosse or whatever. He goes, no, I'll play a sport. So he picked boxing. So he boxed for a while. You know how beneficial that was? I did the same thing. Yeah. Huge, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you're understanding like when you get distance, all yeah. footwork. It's timing. the one-on-one, man. It's, the, it's you, you learn the consequences. There's consequences that yeah. you can only learn if you're in a one-on-one environment because you get to see yeah. when you succeeded and when you yeah. screwed up. You get to see it right away. Nothing teaches that better than a combat sport like yeah. boxing. If you mess up, you're getting you're eating one. Eating one right, right on the, on the button, and it, and it hurts. Yeah. You know? So it's yeah. like th- that's the best way to learn. And, and, you, and, and, and the other thing is you could also learn, oh, I thought I worked hard. Right. Like some of these sports... You work hard. Oh, man. dude, man. And it's a different do, type of do workout. Do a boxing workout, Exactly. Man. Like, holy Christ. I remember one summer I had to do, I worked out at a old downtown yep. Windsor yep. Drulard Road Boxing Club. And this is like. Yeah. Rocky Five. Oh, yeah. Salt of the earth place, man. Like, it is. I know. So, I remember we had to do sprints outside and there's no fancy equipment. No, no. Never. So, we're outside in front of the club and I had to run from the front door to a sewer that was about two blocks down. And back. Those are my sprints. It was probably like 96 degrees outside. I remember, and I was 18. I wasn't a little kid. And I, that was one of the hardest workouts I've ever, yeah. to this day, I remember my trainer looking at me like, I don't know if you're going to pass out or die, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and that's another, another benefit. You do other sports, you get to feel other stimulus, you know, 100%. And that's, that's huge. I remember in boxing, the first one I went to, cause my brother was a really good boxer. So we went, same thing. It was a, We were in a tin can shed. This is the boxing club with a yeah. big ring and yeah, all it. dirty, awesome. gross shit love equipment. It. Hotter than a, I can't say my saying because there's a lot of swear words in it, but hot. And uh, first thing was, okay, uh, we're, we'll start off with a run. And we ran and we ran and we ran and we ran and we ran. Hot. Came back. He goes, all right, grab a rope and uh, skip for whatever. You can oh go God, skip man. and then I'll, I'll, I'll get you starting with your footwork after. So I'm skipping and it's like, if you've never really skipped, I, I I always did some skipping, but if you haven't put time into skipping and you're at the five minute mark. Oh my god, dude! 
10 straight minutes of skipping is devastating if you're and not he used just to kept that. going and going i'm like what yeah. the hell so then after that it was just footwork footwork and handwork making sure your foot and feet and hand work and i'm like well this isn't fun but oh boy did i learn a lot but any as you go it's like wow yeah you know so yeah. so the last piece with that is like for me is that am i thankful Oh my God! And I didn't do this on purpose. I did this like partially so that he could take care of himself if he had to. But yeah. he combined all the different cross sports, and you know, he got in a couple of tilts in the OHL so far, and he has a clue. But you can imagine a kid going in and 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 facing his first fight possibly, yeah. and not knowing what to do. I mean, you could go on and think that like, you just chuck him as hard as you can, yeah. and you could wake up looking at the lights, yeah. or maybe you win because you're nuts, yeah. or you're just tough. But <laughs> wow. I know. Yeah, well, the, the last two for me on that is the, the most important two things, especially when you're a kid, because that's why we always talk about That's why we think it's important to play other sports is you get to learn by default what, without it being you're consciously trying to teach. Like you can keep it fun yeah. and kids will just figure it out by default by playing other sports, you know, yeah. so they get to learn coordination and balance and movement and staying on their toes and being athletic and springy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And an example of that it's still hockey, but using the treadmill we have here. Yeah. A lot of times that's what I say to parents because they ask some questions about using it. And it can be a really it can be a really good tool if used appropriately. Yep. And especially when kids are little because they don't know if I explain mechanics to an yep. eight year old, they yep. don't know what I'm talking about and no. they don't care. Yeah, that's right. But they're gonna take fifteen hundred strides yep. on the treadmill. Yeah. So by default, they're gonna start to figure out movement yep. patterns that feel nice. Yeah. And and then that's my last point. The most important thing of all of that, what you said at the very start was you learn your body. You learn how to move and that's proprioception. Yeah, and that's the, the benefit and what I tell a lot of people, even adults that don't want to be active or don't want to go exercise or all those that kind of stuff. It's like just to be functional in life, you need to learn how to move your body. It's not about being a physical specimen. Yeah. It's just you need to know how to move. I, I was moving a couch the other day. And yeah, I was moving a couch. And the, the guy that I was moving it with. I, hey, thanks I'm, for the call, by I'm, the way. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm observing yeah. how he's lifting the Straight couch. back? rounded back like so he's got almost straight legs arch back and you can get away with it when because the coach isn't that heavy yeah but when things get a little bit heavier i'm getting like a deep goblet squat going to yeah. lift this thing yeah and i'm just comparing it. i'm like this kid's never yeah. either has only played one sport or hasn't played a bunch of sports or never was taught how to move properly yeah. so now for the rest of his life unless he goes and tries to do that kind of training he's never going to figure out how to move things correctly or how to yeah. move his body properly, you know, yeah. which is not ideal. Yeah. So, so I wanted to, I wanted to go over, uh, we had a couple questions and it, yeah. we were just, so this is going to turn the, the, the theme of these questions are basically promoting themselves or that's what it is. Okay. So the first question that someone had is, um, I'd like to hear your take on making a highlight video to send out to colleges or U S teams even if a player's a grinder or he's a grinder. So my take on that is, yeah, 100%. Like, we did, uh, I've always heard about this when I talked to colleges and they said, uh, go ahead and send some video because we want to hear from you because there's people that slip through the cracks, right? And, excuse me, and um, when we talked to College Hockey Inc., we had a podcast with them. I became... Um, I had a, got a pretty good relationship with those guys, and they said, "Yeah, like send videos to coaches, and because um, <clears throat> they want to see you." 
coaches and recruiters and stuff like that. Yeah, sorry. That's actually a really good episode. That I want to because that's an old one of our first yep. ones. So I want to throw that up again because people don't. Uh, a lot more people listen now than when we did, had that one out. So I yep. think it's like episode four, four and five. Four is yep. college hockey. Five is OHL yeah. recruiter, and it kind of goes through the ins and outs of what they're looking for. So if you haven't listened to that one, that's a really good one to listen yep. to. Anyhow, sorry. Yeah. So so here's the thing though. Yes, go ahead and send videos. Now, doing the videos yourself, like that's probably going to be as much work as playing hockey. But if that's like it goes again to like if you want to be a hockey player, if you want things to happen for yourself, sometimes you gotta you gotta do it, right? So so great. Uh, make sure you're playing good hockey though. <laughs> but here's the key: is the words used in this sentence was should I send a highlight video? No. Why would I say no when I just said yes? Because the word highlight video sucks in my opinion so one of the things that i told kids like i had i had a program where if they if they brought it i wasn't going to go video games but if they brought in some shifts of their games or a game and they cut it up for me or some something along those lines where they brought it in and i would go over kids videos because it's actually a very effective tool for teaching so out of all the kids that i trained two people three people did it maybe four brought in video and I went over, yeah, you could do this better. And it was very helpful for him. But the best is I had one that, uh, not a bad player. Actually, he's, I don't want to say where he's playing. He's playing at a pretty high level. Um, Sent me all his goals. That's a highlight video. That's not hockey. Nothing to look at. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know how you want me to help you with this. And then, you know, I told dad, I said, no, cool goal. Yeah. Awesome. You're in Bantam and you got a goal. Great. Show me video. So then he just keeps sending me highlights of the goals. It's like, well, that no one's gonna get understand a hockey player from watch you score a goal. Yeah. There's no context behind it. How did the how did the how did the goal start? How did it finish? What'd you do in between? Yeah. So, my recommendation on that is uh, send either a game or two or three or just your shifts. Yeah, full like shifts. A yeah. bunch of them because they want to see what you look like in the D zone. They want to look like they want to see what you look like in the ozone, neutral zone. Do you finish your hits? Are you lazy? Your body language and all those kind of things. And the great thing about that, so obviously, yeah, send some stuff if you want. Uh, you're going to throw some mud on the wall. Not every team is going to be impressed and maybe only one team, maybe none, but it's worth doing. If might that's not even something. answer. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But it's worth doing if this is something that you want to do. And there's a lot of a lot of schools out there, and maybe some schools that never get to your end of the town, I don't know, or end of the world. Who knows? But yeah, I think it's very important if that's something that you want to do. A lot of people do it, but the important thing is you're not sending highlight reels. Yeah. So I, I got a couple thoughts on that. The okay, good. if you're gonna if you're gonna put a bunch of goals together, like everyone has seven or eight goals they scored during the year. Yeah. You know, and the goals always look nice. Like yeah. there's not a bad goal. Yeah. Right. So if you j- jam one in in front of the net, it's like, oh look, he's in front of the net. Good. Yeah. If you have a nice dangle and score, it's like, oh, that looked nice, whatever. It's yeah. a good passing play and you score. It's like those are – everyone has a handful of those that they can cut and put in a video. It's like what you're saying is important, though. You're trying to show how do you play, and showing just goals doesn't show how you play. So if you're going to cut actu- like full-length shifts, that would be the, the style that you want to go through. Yeah, actually, so they can learn a little bit about you instead of just here's my goals. It's like everyone's just going to send them their goals, you know? So it's got to be actual footage of you playing. And then if you're going to do that, then you also have to be ready for the rejection, like you just mentioned at the end. Yeah. So most of the time, a school is not going to answer you, most of the time, especially if you're just sending it 
like cold email from you, unless you actually do some good research of maybe there's a avenue they have where you can submit video that gets looked at or whatever. And schools have that where you're supposed to email a specific person or whatever. So you have to do some research on where you should send what you're sending. And then the other part of it is you need to keep in mind that the person that you're sending from, like the people that are watching your stuff aren't dumb. Okay. Watching so what's, oh, you your mean video. The scouts and stuff? Yeah. yeah. So if you send your video to someone, they're not dumb. Like this is what their job is. So yep. you're not tricking them. So you got to keep that in mind. So and and most of the time, if you don't have, like you said, someone that's going to send things for you or do work for you, then there's a fine line. I want to. I'm going to throw back to you on this one because there's a fine line between when is it crazy dad with the video camera in the stands? Is dad the one that's putting together your package to send, and what is he putting in it? Yeah. And so there's a. It's a fine line between you're just trying to. You're actually trying to honestly promote yourself versus yo. You're being nuts, man. Like, okay, so yeah. So I want to talk talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. So number one, this goes to yeah, <laughs> that's the caveat is that you are actually good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we had yeah. we had some of the players with I'm not gonna say the name. He's got a whole video website and dad's yeah. got it even like practice three on three and highlights and puts the comments and stuff and it's like he's the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of our like barely made the team. And he's got this whole website on how great he is. And he's going to send that to colleges and it's going to be cheap. They might show it to a few people and they get a good laugh. The caveat is that you're a good player. So how do you know if you're a good player? Well, if you're if you're supposed to be a goal scorer, then you're scoring a ton of goals. If you're getting a lot of points. If you're a power forward, so now a power forward and you're actually dominating games or you're actually feeling like you're like one of the top players all the time, then you have a reason to send your stuff out. Um but so one of the things you might want to do with that is that if, like, say you're a power forward or a stay-at-home D, the highlights aren't necessarily, they're not highlights. So yeah. in that, you know, and, and of course it's got to come from the kid. Parent, No one wants to hear from dad, mom and dad, especially at this level. So the kid needs to do it because it's your dream, it's your whatever, it takes responsibility. Um, anyway, so if you're a stay-at-home D, there's not a lot of highlight packages. So like in your intro, like you've probably put a letter together or whatever saying that this is who I feel that I am. So I think I can help your team. So I'm, I'm a six foot three, 18 year old defenseman. I've had 11 points this year, but I feel like I'm a really good stay at home. I take my responsibility as a defenseman very, very seriously. I make other people's lives miserable and I think I can help your team if that's a need that you would have. Well, every team needs that. If you're a power forward, explain why you're a power forward and make sure the videos match your words. Right. Talk's cheap, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if you do that, that might open some eyes. But if you just send a video and it just, it's like a spam email, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Right? Well, so the key on that, it's very, you get a very different response if you send it yourself versus dad sends it or agent sends it or whoever. Because... And, and people, people, some schools are different. I remember when I was talking to schools, some of them really liked talking to an advisor agent person and some wouldn't answer the phone if it was an agent person. So it's, it's not like one is bad or good or whatever and you don't need one or the other. It doesn't necessarily matter. But in any circumstance, if it's coming from you, that you'll get an extra, that's a plus. Whereas if you're getting it from dad, now we're looking at it with questions immediately. You know, so it's like, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's a negative if, if dad sends things, but. No, it is. Let's it, be honest. But if you, it's like, if you're, so let's say you're 15 years old 
right? Or and and if you're in the states and you want to go to school or whatever, you would maybe start sending things out that early, like your first year junior. Maybe you don't know. It's not necessary. Maybe oh whatever. Maybe you're maybe you don't know. I feel like we're fighting. How to, <laughs> but maybe you don't know how to navigate. Yeah. How to figure out how to send and dad you can help, help you. and dad can help and all that he kind can of stuff. You. That's fine. But if it's like when we get or you get texts or when scouts and agents that you talk, talk to will get texts from dads yep. and they'll literally send you the text that the dad sent and yep. they'll be like, you know this guy? Yeah. So it's like immediately it's a red flag as opposed to being a positive. Whereas 100%. if it's signed 16 year old Johnny at the bottom, it's like, whoa, this kid sent me this. Okay. Let's actually take a look at this because the kid did it. Well, it's no you know? different than two, two scenarios. When people come in here and ask for jobs, when dad comes in with a mustache and says, Hey Andy, uh, you know, Buckshot's looking to work. Uh, do you have any room for him? The answer is no. Yeah, no. The answer is absolutely no. Yeah, I agree. I want, if the kid came in, now you can sit down. We'll talk. Right. And uh, what was the other one I was going to say? Something along those lines. Well, it was, it was like, if you remember, you can cut me off. It was like uh, the scout we had the other day. Yeah. He's saying one of the things they're looking for is take care of your own shit. Yeah. You know, and that's the start of that. You can write a letter, and if you get someone to edit it, if well, yeah. you're not the best at, eng- at English class, like get yeah. someone to edit your letter so it sounds coherent and there's not spelling mistakes and grammar errors, that's fine. So people can't, it's not that people can't help you. You don't have to yeah. do every single thing yourself. Yeah. But like you said, and I like the kind of more of a cover letter idea where you, ex- you explain who you are and you explain who you play like. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. If you can identify someone you play like that isn't Connor McDavid, then that actually shows you did some analysis and you put some thought into yeah. it. And then you attach videos of just your shifts together yeah. of your actual shifts so they can see how you play the game. It's yeah. not just the time you went bar down. Yeah. It's like, okay, now we actually have something to work with and yeah. this kid sent it to me. Yeah. So that's a strategy. Yeah, there's it could a, be there's, a thing like I never lose a face off. Watch the videos. Yeah. And, and the, <laughs> right? there's a, the, I guess the whole point of all this is there's a right way to do it in a wrong way. Yeah. You know, and if you want to do it a way where it's beneficial and people actually take you seriously, yeah. then you kind of do it the way we're talking about. If you want it to be a red flag where people go into looking at your stuff already skeptical, then you're going to have mom and dad do it and you only show your goals and your dad explains how good you are or your agent or whoever you think is supposed to promote you or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. The other side that I was going to say is that also when a dad comes in at an appropriate age, so let's say, I would even say 14, 15, that's when a kid needs to start advocating for himself mm-hmm. and when a dad comes in and says hey do you have any ice my kid really wants to get some ice well, I, I i sent you a text the other day about ice like uh whatever any programs you got going on oh yeah yeah i, I got it buckshot can send me one yeah. when he when he asks me i'll respond yeah. it just makes it and it makes me want to actually help the kid for sure when dads do it i'm like yeah well and it's just alone. a life thing that's the reason you gave me a job yeah was because yeah. i was always coming to you me asking you, and not that, that my dad never asked you for guidance, but yeah. but when I was 15 and six, like I would email you, I would come yeah. and ask you questions myself. I would look yeah. for advice. Hey, do you have? I remember in junior asking you yeah. for ice. Do you have early ice in the morning? And I yeah. I came and skated with the 10 year olds you had, yeah. or whatever, just because I needed ice at the yeah. time. And I did that. And then now you actually take me serious. Absolutely. And then look at I got an opportunity to work yeah. here, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, so it's not just a hockey thing; it's just a life thing. No. So. That's that's all I had about that. Is like, oh, yeah, 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 send the videos, hundred percent. Promote yourself. Do it the right way. Add a little bit of zip and uh, need a word, man. Personality. Yeah, personality or confidence or like that you care. You're not just throwing mud on the wall and hopefully you're gonna get back to me and give me a scholarship. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to talk, tell you about myself. I'm 
I've got a pretty accurate description of myself. This is where I want to go. Like, not that you say Wisconsin. Mm. That, that's where I want to go, but where I want to end up after that is this, and that's why I'm willing to work hard and go yeah. through the process. Yeah. And, and you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, it, it, you, your letter doesn't have to look like you just, like the, the, the receipt that you get at Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be concise and, and, and with some yeah. points that yeah. I'm confident yeah. in and, 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 and follow up. Yeah. And these are just about, you know, when you want things out of life, sometimes it's hard. Okay. So I got a side tangent. Here, so I don't know how long this is going to take, but okay. so I had a kid, young kid, he's 07, and he's been asking me the last couple of weeks, when are you guys going to do a podcast about the importance of school? And he's, he's kind of saying it as a joke and kind of not. And this is why it's important to, to have a brain. This is exactly the reason why, because it doesn't matter that you can do the equation of a line. It matters that you can solve a problem and you know how to act appropriately, act professionally, act all that stuff. So if you're 14, 15, 16, and you now need to send a letter to a coach, you better be able to formulate a paragraph that makes sense, man. You know, and if you never go to school or you don't care about writing your essays or you don't want to pay attention to doing any of that, well, now these are skills that you're going to have to relearn later. And we've talked about that before. That's why it's important. It's not important that you get a 95 in English class because Shakespeare is important. It's actually not important, you know? Right. It doesn't matter what happened to Macbeth. No one cares. I was going to say Macbeth. Macbeth. It's the only one I know. I know. Oh, no, no. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right? Hamlet. Yeah, there's another So all these, it's it's not important for the sake of Unless you're really into English class, which go ahead. Yeah. But God bless I you. Never, I never. I needed. I needed the No Fear Shakespeare version. I didn't know what the hell they were talking about yeah. unless I had the translated version. Mm-hmm. But the ability to formulate an argument and advocate for yourself and sound professional, people take you serious if you do those things. Yeah. So and and you know we get I get messages all the time, and because I have this type of mind, I'm always so curious reading, and interested to see how they're writing to us. 100%. You know, and some of them will write paragraphs and there's a missing punctuation and there's no capital and there's they they repeat the same thing 10 times and they're kids. I'm not saying I'm not judging that you how you're sending your Some are junior your, guys. Yeah, but some of them are not, right? Some of them are junior. It's like you're 18 years old and your sentences don't make any sense. Yeah. I get the gist of what you're saying, but you sound like an idiot. Yeah. So yeah, how, I'll, I'll decipher and I'll hopefully come up with a question. Yeah, right? So th- this is act- this is as a little side note. This is why it's important to take not school, but educating yourself seriously, yeah. because then you can do these things later. So if you're Connor McDavid, you don't have to worry about that. You advocate for yourself by playing and being the best ever. That's one way. But if that's not you, if you're a kid that needs to advocate for yourself a little bit, which most kids are going to end up needing to do that at some point, then you need to be able to do that and not sound like a total idiot. Yeah. Or on interviews, you see that some of these kids like OHL, their first interview, and it's their first interview, you're nervous, whatever. Can you can you speak yeah. or no? You know, <laughs> because if you can't, then that's the one you do, that's the video you don't want to keep. Yeah. You know, let's say you end up on TSN most embarrassing yeah. moments or whatever. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Here's my side tangent. I like it. I like it. Yeah. The the second question we had was, uh, I watch a lot of your videos. My question: a lot of my peers get AP'd, which is a, I think affiliate Andy Pack, right? No, affiliate <laughs> player or LOIs, which is a letter of intent, and I had to turn my brain on yeah. for those. Uh, okay, so a lot of my peers get APs or letters of intent. I'm happy for them, but uh, why am I not seeing the same success with uh, when I produce like them? That, that was... Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, when I produce like them. Um, 
and I have the similar. I, I produce like them, and I have the similar attributes. I know I have to keep grinding. How do I avoid the frustration? Good Sorry. question. It's a great question. Yeah. So again, but it, okay. So now it comes down to like, actually, I wrote an answer down. My first thought, my first thought was that is there something missing in your game? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So you points in production is not the best indication of what type of player you are. So you can, and, and comparing yourself to your teammates and guys in the league, like, I mean, we kind of do that naturally, but it's not fair. Like if you do comparisons, it's never fair. Um, because you'll, if you compare yourself to someone better than you, then it's just, they're better than you compare yourself to someone worse than you. Then, well, yeah, then you look like a hero, mm-hmm. uh, but points are not the, the points are not the best indication. My question would be like, if you have, 20 points now in 20 games how did you get those points what did you do after and in between yeah. and who are you playing with and who are you playing against like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that could uh give you um give you your points or your production yep. the, the the real question is is what in your game are you missing and this is where you have to be honest with yourself mm. and you have to be you know and this is sometimes it's really hard to be honest with yourself and and, and analyze your game and the caveat again is always where do I want to be in hockey? So obviously this player here wants to get uh, to a higher level. Now want is a is a tricky word because you either would like to or you want to. And if you really want to, you sit there and analyze your game and be honest with yourself and find gaps in your game. The second way that you can do this, if you're really honest with yourself, is you might want to um, you, want, you might want to look at someone that can actually analyze your game for you, your coach. Uh, someone that watches you a lot or bring your bring video or whatever someone that could say that could sit down and actually be honest with you and say yeah you're, you you go really hard when you have the puck but your d zone absolutely stinks you don't know how to play without the puck you don't you haven't finished one hit um you're you're brain dead like whatever the whatever the the gaps are and then you can say okay how do i go about fixing it and it might seem like a big task but it's a necessary task if you want to get somewhere. Yep. So find the hole. Maybe you're maybe you get to places, but you're the ugliest skater in the world. Again, I don't know how old you are. I don't know what your game's like. I don't know. I haven't seen you skate, shoot, or whatever. Um, but there's obviously, in my opinion, something missing in your game, and that's uh, it's important that you figure it out. Yeah, I think the because uh, I, I answered the kid and I said basically what you just said. But the the key is from his description of the question he's saying i produce like them and mm-hmm. i have similar attributes as them so why are they getting in not- notice and i'm not and the, the honest truth is that's probably not true entirely so the 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 being honest part is so important because if you're producing like them you have the same attributes as them that means you're the same as them you would be getting the same attention as them and you're not but you're you're saying you're not so that means there's something is not aligned with your yep. description of the situation. Yep. So obviously everyone has a bias towards themselves. So you you might be you say this a lot overestimating yourself and underestimating how good your competition is. You know, and that could be your teammates or the guys you're playing against. So yep. it's really important that you try to be as honest as possible and get objective or as objective as possible criticism about where you're missing because you know, if you play on the first line with two guys that are great, you might be getting all the same points as them, but yep. maybe they're doing all the work or maybe they're yep. the ones that are making the difference. And if they put you on a different line, all of a sudden you're irrelevant, yep. you know? So the, and I'm not saying that's necessarily the case. I don't know the situation. I haven't seen this kid play. And but. I was going to say that. And, 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 and 
the, we'll go back to that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is that you just might have to grind it out. Yep. Like you might actually be the guy that is getting overlooked mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever. Like there might be something. And I just threw a couple things here, right? Like I use Sean Day for an example. That's why you saw Sean Day on here. So Sean Day, I've, I've trained Sean Day. He was an exceptional status in the OHL. Went uh, fourth overall, I think it was. Um, I don't personally think he was should have been an exceptional status, but he's a not, one of the best skaters you've ever seen. Played in the OHL, and then he got drafted to the New York Rangers and never panned out. But anyways, he was drafted in 2015, I think, 2016, something like that. And he had his first NHL game last night. Yep. What is it, 2021? Yeah, almost, almost 22. 22. Yep. So if I, I'm not really good at math. <laughs> Six years? Yeah. Before he went from first uh, uh, exceptional status in the OHL to getting his first NHL game. Right. And he's probably, and I know, well, I'll tell you how it was. He he was always questioning, like, but I'm, I'm great. Yeah. You know, like he was an exceptional status. Why isn't this working out? People saw gaps in his game that he didn't see. I could go, I could give you a list, the same thing as the, uh, the uh, Ikea list of, yeah, of, right. of things that he needed to get better at. Attitude, not saying he was a jackass, but he needed to have a better work ethic. He needed to show better body language. He had to have, do more thinking. He couldn't just rely on his skating. Mm-hmm. Right? He had a good, good skater, good shot. And then after that, it was like, hmm. So, anyways, he got his first game. So, at the end of the day, he got there. Yeah. Right. And my point of that is that your time, if you do the work and you, do, and you find those little things to work on, then your opportunity is going to come if you're good enough. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, when Seabass was here over the break, I was asking him how things were going. And going back to the, you need to figure out where your gaps are kind of thing. So he was telling me that he talked to his coach, whatever, and that his coach put a nice, real nice message about him in their team group chat. And I was like, oh, freaking right on, Can man. Like, that's me. awesome. So he sent it to me. So I'm going to read a piece of it because I don't think he'll care. Um, so at some point, he was doing something wrong. His coach gave him some feedback on it and he fixed it. So basically what he, he was playing on the wall yep. in his D zone, getting a pass, and he was turning back towards his own corner instead of going up ice. So in the group chat, the coach sent a video of him not doing that. He fixed it. He would get it, and he was moving it up ice. So just like the first sentence of the, the message was, his number, he's number 15. So he was 15, shoulder check and play north. Previous game turned back and never shoulder checked. Anyone wonder why he is A, playing up in the lineup, B, getting better, and C, going on the PP today? He listens. Not listens, but actually listens. Absorbs information and makes the adjustments to his game and on and on so what my point in bringing that up is sometimes most of the time probably is it's not big things that are the difference it's little things so if you're for this guy's message saying we're looking at points or i'm producing as much as they are i'm assuming that means points production yeah for sure so that oftentimes isn't the metric that the coach is looking at that's right that or or the scouts are looking that's at. right they're looking at can you play the game yeah and this is an example of a small play. Like you would think that's nothing. You know, you get the puck on the wall as a winger and he turned back into to his towards his own end instead of moving it up ice right away. Yep. And that was a problem. And when scouts see that, those are the little things. They look at little things like that. Are you playing north-south? Are, are you playing in the style that our team plays? And the way that Saginaw plays, like they were saying before, they're a puck possession team. They want to play skill. They don't want to play dump and chase and all that kind of crap and playing fast. And if you don't do that, that's an issue. That has nothing to do with points. Like I never said points there. I didn't say goals, assists. I didn't say that. So if you're if you're 
being scouted or being looked at or when you're saying I'm not getting noticed the same way that these other kids are, then look to the little things. Don't look to the big the big plays. Like, yeah, you can hit that guy on the tape. Great. That's baseline. Yeah, you can rip the puck. Great. That's baseline. It's the little in-between things. Do you do those things properly? Because yep. those are oftentimes the difference makers of whether you can play at the next level or not. Yeah. You know, because everyone is good at the skill stuff. You know, so if you're using skill-based metrics, which is points or whatever, then that's not necessarily what the reason why you're not getting noticed. It's probably something that's outside of that. Yeah. You know? Well, so, but even speaking of that, so when uh, we had when we were skating at Christmas, uh, I was saying to Charlie, we worked on we had a handful of guys, but we had uh, with Charlie and Seabass. I'll use their names because they wouldn't care. Um, I noticed. Charlie's shot was not the way it was when he left here. Yeah, you're saying that, yeah. Stick handy, he said, is not that good. I, I thought it was fine. Seabass, there's a couple gaps that we worked on that he kind of went back to. Whose responsibility is that to keep it up? Yeah, there's it's yours. Yeah. So same when, in the gym, too. Same yeah. in the gym. We did the same conversation. Yeah. yeah, but so my point is not, I'm not giving them shit or anything. It's not what it was about. It's like you get, what happens is when you're playing the game and you're doing the practice, what happens is you get in a grind get in the habit and sometimes going to the rink is just so I got to get another practice, right? Yeah. Another practice, got to listen to this friggin' guy mm-hmm. bark about the same shit all day, right? And uh, I don't feel like it today. So you work on just not making mistakes. You work on executing properly. What can happen is um, you're just, whatever basic skills that you have, if you like, they, they can kind of diminish because you're not putting the mental yeah. focus on it. So the for him goes, with the, the shot, goes, all that yeah, stuff. for him with a shot. Yeah. So because he's played more of a, a power forward role and not handling the puck as much, he's he hasn't maybe put he's put more attention on getting pucks out of his zone, different things like that, right? So his shot, not that it's shit, but it wasn't that crisp. So we just spent some time and just went over the, the couple details, and then after about half an hour he was starting ripping pucks again so after five days six days it was like that now dad i can shoot again not that he couldn't shoot but it's like now that's the shot that you were so it was the same with stick hand we spent a little time on the basics boom so i was telling him like when you go back it's not that they're gas but you want to keep your attribute your best your best attributes the best and then work on your weaknesses so like Pick a day and go, okay, I'm going to shoot with a purpose. Not just shoot. We talked about this in our last podcast. Yeah. Not just going to shoot 100 bucks. Shooting 100 bucks does diddly shit if you're not actually doing it with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Shoot for accuracy. Shoot for quickness. Like, focus on your mechanics. Yeah. That's work. Yeah. Stick handling. Focus on things that are going to maybe need to be, keep your agility up, right? So, work on five minutes of agility, every, like, twice a week. Right. And then on the other stuff. So, anyways, this guy, person, find some of your weaknesses Ask somebody who can help you with that and give you some actual tangible uh, stuff, and then it's up to you to go fix it. And there's no rush. There's time. There's time, man. Yeah. Totally. You know, and, and, and again, we talked about this all the time. You never know who's going to make it, right? Uh, Owen, right? Like, you're drafted second overall in the OHL. You're supposed to be in the NHL right now, right? Either guy's really screwed up, right, or, or whatever, right? There's, there's something, that, something that happened, right? It doesn't mean that anything's over. It just means that, okay, we've got to readjust, recalibrate. Yeah, yeah, so, totally. Anyways. Yeah, so maybe kind of going heading towards wrap-up here, I want to circle back on the comparison thing Yeah, uh, is number one. And then 
the idea of kind of advocating for yourselves because we're talking about self like self-promotion right and when you go and ask questions and you try to get better and you show that you care that is another way that you're promoting yourself it's not just send a video of my highlights it's your day-to-day behavior you can be promoting yourself every day you know by the way you talk to people and, and that kind of stuff so by going and talking to your coach and asking questions and trying to figure out how to get better or when you're doing your skill practices actually being intentional and working on things properly not just like one example we were talking with with charlie and seabass and a couple other guys i was just kind of giving them a reminder of what the point of the off-ice training is because like you said you get into the day-to-day grind of i gotta finish this workout i gotta finish this skate i gotta finish all this kind of stuff and i was saying to them the point of the off ice part during the season is not to be a bagger. Like you're getting your bagger every day. You're on the ice every day. Yeah. The intensity's there. So don't go in the gym and get more intensity. Like yeah. that's not what the goal should be. It should be to maintain, like you were talking about with skill work, yeah. you're trying to maintain your, your baseline. So what I always talk to them about minimum effective dose type stuff. So if you want to maintain your strength, two sets a week, heavy. And that should not be enough. If you're maintaining right from, the start of the season if that shouldn't be enough to make your legs sore for five days no, 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 right not. so you're keeping the volume low and the intensity low so you do a set and then literally take four minutes like yeah. roll out stretch between yeah. like you don't have it's not about the pace that's right and so they were talking to me about their workouts how they'll give them kind of similar to the template that i would run yeah but they run it like a circuit and it's just like get through it like i just want to get through it and that shouldn't be what you're trying to do. You already have intensity. You don't mm-hmm. need to go and do a circuit. Yeah. You're doing your intensity on the ice. So slow it down. Just do intentional sets. It might take you a half hour to do eight sets. And that's fine. Because mm-hmm. you don't. the point is not pace. That's not what we're yeah. trying to do. Yeah. So just re- recalibrating them to make sure they know what's going on. But those are the questions that maybe they stopped asking. Right, because it's easy to start to let things slip during the season. So, oh, 100%. You're so, tired, right? Yeah, you're gassed, right? Tired and, and your body's sore. And that's the mentality is I just need to get through this yeah. rather than you can say, I actually don't need the pace on this. Great. Yeah. Now I can just go slow and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're doing your skill work, you have to go slow before you go fast. You yeah. need to be slow sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, all that is to say that that piece of going and trying to talk with people and ask questions and, and, making sure you're advocating for yourself by doing those types of behaviors is really important. And then the second part, cause when I answered this kid, the last, the last thing I said, and I don't know if you had anything else, but whatever. Um, I said, don't get too caught up in the successes and failures of other people. And that kind of goes to your comparison idea because one of the, one of the kids that he plays in the OHL was talking, talking to us and he was always mentioning this other kid on the team. And every time he would do that, I would say, you don't need to worry about that guy. That guy does not affect your game. There's nothing he should, what he does, his behavior, him getting more opportunity or not, shouldn't have any effect on what you're doing. Yeah. And, and sure enough, now this guy that we got, it flipped, right? He's getting more opportunity than this other guy. So I was like, now think about the first two months of the season where you're wasting all this time and breath on this other kid on your team. And now it doesn't matter because now you passed him anyways. So was it worth all the frustration that you had at the start of the season yeah. thinking about it? No, because yeah. things are constantly changing, you know? Yeah, and you can't look through life through a straw. Yeah. Like, for example, there's a lot of first-rounders that are second-rounders that aren't getting a ton of ice. And then I look at another team, and a kid that was drafted later is getting ice and and, and maybe even some points. Yeah. And they were drafted later than me. It's like, yeah. I suck. Because I, I did that my first year. Yeah. We're sitting we there going. Did. Everyone did. 
yeah, you know, I was a high pick, and I looked, and I'm like, oh, man, I only got nine points. Like, this guy, he's, I'm better than him, and it starts playing with you. Then you start thinking you're failing. But then, like, a lot of these kids are in such a good program mm-hmm. with a good – so here you go. You're, you're, you might be a first-round pick on a good team, a really good program with a, with a lot of depth, right? So, number one, you can't be on the first line, second line, third line. You're lucky to get fourth-line minutes, okay? You're learning the league, so now you got to have the right attitude. So – uh, if you look at someone that's playing on a weaker team, getting more ice, getting maybe some points and maybe getting some glory, it could play with you. But it has nothing to do with you because your situation, again, five years down the road, this might be the best thing for you because mm-hmm. you're, lear- you're learning a system. You're earning trust. You're learning to play the right way for, you know. Well, who so. did we talk about? Was it Evangelista we were talking about the other day? Well, I was saying that to Charlie. Like, and it wasn't Charlie bitching or anything. I was just saying because every kid wants to get their points, right? Yeah. And uh, he's he, and, and well, and actually, the reason I, I I'm interested in Evangelista is because when I was talking to the scout for Philadelphia, he was telling Char- me and Charlie were talking to him, and he said, like, when you go into this first year, and he goes, you're lucky you got a burn year because he's he's got three years instead of two, because yeah. this is actually good for you. He goes, but when you go into this year, don't think you're going to be different than anyone else. He goes, and he used Luke Evangelista for an example. He goes, when we interviewed him, he he told him, he goes, I thought that I was a first round pick and I was going to go to London and I was going to, I was going to get some points and I was going to play my game. And he goes, I made the mistake of thinking that I was going to be different than everybody. And I realized that I'm not, I'm just a first year guy. And so that, that just that conversation with, with that scout stuck with me. And I reminded Charlie of that, that not to focus on the points. So Evangelista, his first year as a first round pick had, I think 22 games or 27 games and he had four assists. That's it. So if you look at those numbers, you're going, I would have waste the pick that was. First round, yeah. four points, 27 games. Wow. Well, no one sees the depth of why. Right. They have a great team. <laughs> they yeah. have a great <laughs> number one. Yeah. Uh, they have a great team. And they play to win every uh, they play to play to win. You'll develop the next year. And then the next year he came in and he, you know, he got a lot of points and played. But it's having the patience and the mindset to get through it. Yep. Right. So I, that's what I tell Charlie all the time is like when you see someone getting ice or opportunities, just just forget about it. Your coach has been, his coach has been in the NHL or the OHL for the last 32 years. He's seen you a thousand times. He knows, and I trust him. I trust him as a coach for my son. I do, 100%. And sometimes I sit there and I go, ah, man, like Charlie could have did that, like as a dad. But then I sit back and go, no, don't worry about it. Let's get through it. So he gets through it and... um the point is, is that be good at your three, four, five things that he gives you to do. Be the best at it, because next year when you get more ice and stuff, yeah. you're going to dominate at this, at that piece, and that's better. Long term, you're going to be a better hockey player. That's all. I, that's my point. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of wraps up what I what I had to say about it with that comparison thing at the end. Like that's the most important thing that I can say because I remember doing that when I played too. It's like you're always looking at the next guy that's your age doing better than you and whatever. You're always looking outward. You know, but just focus on yourself and you got to find your own path because everyone has a different different path, you know. Uh, so wrapping her up a little bit, promote, promoting yourself. A lot of people think, and you could kind of tighten this up for me, a lot of people think that you need your agent, you need people representing yourself. And in certain times and places that may be beneficial, but probably not till later on. The best way to promote yourself is being a really good hockey player and do things right, body language, work ethic and all that stuff. But the, your, your, what you do on the ice is the best way to promote yourself, period. Yep. Right? Yeah, for sure. It's the the agent thing, just to touch on that quick, episode thirty six or thirty nine, talk about agent stuff. Um, the agent's not supposed to be a promoter. 
that's not what they're supposed to be. Um, when you, we talked about that in depth that, you know, when you get a contract or whatever, that's when they're useful. That's when they're helpful. They can help you navigate, you know, the business space of hockey and all that kind of stuff, but it's not, and we see, we're seeing kids still, man, we just saw another one the other day, got an agent who she's, has no business having an agent. There's no need for him to have an agent and he's just going to spend 2,500 bucks on an agent for zero. Yeah. It's not going to do anything because he thinks he's going to promote him. That's hundred percent motivation. Number one I know. is he's going to promote me and he's going to help me get opportunities. And that's not what they do. They're not going to do that because you have to be good enough, you know, yeah. and you can go like, if, what is the, is the agent going to go call a team and say, Hey, can my kid come to your camp? You can do that. Yeah. You can do that. You can send the letter. You can do that. That's all. If any promoting, that's all that they're going to do for you is yeah. make a call yeah. and try to do whatever. And unless it's someone who's super reputable, which if you're paying money for them when you're 15, they're not, yeah. then that's that you can do that work, you know? So don't, that, that's a, a good point too. Like, don't think that you need to go get somebody to do the work for you because yeah. you're either going to get noticed yourself by being good enough, or you're going to get bonus points for promote, trying to promote yourself and going and talking to the coaches and, and being a good player and all that kind of stuff that we talked about, yeah. you know? So that's a good, that's a good point there to finish off on. Um, anything else on your end over there? Or are we all good? No, we, we, you were going to say something about like promoting yourself. A lot of people move and we'll, we'll just take two seconds. Oh no. This. Yeah. Well, I'm not rushing. We can. Oh, talk okay. I thought you that. had to go no. play squash. I have uh, I'd rush I out some, of here. I got some that. minutes. I got some okay. minutes. You're good. No rush. Yeah. So you were, just, you were saying something like a lot of, a lot of times you see people moving um, and, and feeling like that's a better thing to do. Move away. Cause they'll be in a better spot and um, you can tighten it up if you want. Okay, so the the difference I was because some of this stuff it like turns into a little dichotomy thing, right? So if you're if you're it's a good word if you're uh, living in our area, we don't have junior A, and if you don't play in the OHL right away, it's like where do you play? And so the junior league we have around here isn't the best junior league. So if you play at the highest level outside the OHL here, you're playing junior B, and our junior B league isn't isn't that great. So what a lot of kids do is they'll play for a year and then try to go out and play in BC or try to make a move up to the OJ or whatever because they're getting more uh, notice in those leagues. And that's true. That's what happens. And that's a good path to follow. Yep. So what the difference between that and, the, and then jumping team to team to try to be get better personal opportunity on each of these teams, there's a difference there. To talk about so it's one thing to have a thought out plan of okay i want to end up i want to end up playing at a division one school so i'm going to develop in my area and then i'm going to move out when it's time to move out because that's where the getting's good kind of thing that makes sense that's yeah, that a plan sense. but you know when you're 13 you played on from between 13 and 16 you played on three different triple a teams because you think that's how you're going to promote yourself and get more opportunity. Then you play on two different junior B teams. You've played in five different junior leagues and you're running around because you think you need to be in place X, Y, Z to get noticed. It's like, now you're, now you're a problem. Actually, yeah. you're the guy that's the problem, yeah. you know? So there's a line to draw there. So I don't know if you want to throw any thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's, so we have, you know, a lot of people think they got to move like the youth, the, the youth hockey players, meaning less than my midget minor minor midget u16 whatever they call it when you feel like you have to move to another center to get noticed you're you're wrong you're just wrong and uh, mm -hmm. I, I just see a lot of that movement um it may help you a little bit but not really 
Um, it might get you an extra look. That's yeah, that's whatever. What I say but it's, it. like it's but, but now you're going to be the one if you're if you're actually good, you're going to be the best player on a poor team. Moving to uh, maybe you're not the best player on a poor team. You probably think you are, or Dad thinks you are. Uh, I actually have I can look at a handful of kids that have made this move, and they are not the best player on a poor team or a, not bad teams. Yeah. But they feel if they play for Detroit Honey Baked or uh, somewhere in Toronto or something like that, that they're they're going to get promoted. But the bottom line is now you're going to blend in or be bottom half, mm-hmm. and that doesn't really help you. Right. So the thing is, is you just need to be. So the appropriate thing is, as you said, if if Charlie let's take Charlie this year, if he was drafted or he didn't want to go to play in the OHL, where does he play this year? Would he play Junior B? Well, he could. Or another strategic move would be to play in the OH. Uh, what's it called? OJ, the OJ, OJ yeah, HL, HL, or maybe the BCHL, where I know the caliber's quite high. Right. That's that. That would be maybe an intelligent decision, but that matches the the talent level as well. Yeah. Well, we got the two kids in here that uh, they were in, in, in that kind of situation where yeah. they got drafted, and they're going to have a decision to make coming mm-hmm. up now because they're getting interest from both. They're not in the OHL yet, and they're getting interest from Division One schools. Yeah. So now, let's say they don't make, and they very well could make the OHL yeah. team next yeah. year. Let's say they don't. Now, yeah. what do they do? But having said that, I was going to say this is that after you make those moves and stuff. If you are good, you will still get found. So right. what we're talking about with the boys is they're playing in a junior B loop where people are moving away from here because they think they're too good and they need to get promoted. Yeah. And they got schools all over them. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Their in- schools are here. They Hey, dude, they found them. Yeah. There's no secret. Like, now I'm, now I'm emotional. Yeah. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. It pisses me off because yeah. people think that they're this isn't good enough. This isn't good right. enough. And when people say they're going to find you, they will find you. Yeah. So why is it now all of a sudden this junior B loop that no one apparently scouts and is not good enough has two players that they're good enough. Yeah. They found them. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a shit league. No, I guess yeah. it's not that shit. In, is the, it? in the first three months, I got five Division One schools that exactly. wanted to go Exactly, and visit. there'll be a ton more. Yeah. Right. So you telling me that you needed to move away and go play somewhere better? No. Right. If you're good, you're good. If you're awesome, you're awesome. If you're if if uh, if you're getting points, you're getting points. If if you're a, a power forward, you're a power forward at any level. You'll be great at it. People, th- listen, man. Again, goes back to this in the scouting. I use George Burnett for an example, right? I think I watch hockey and I train hockey and I've been around hockey and I have. But I might watch Charlie play, and I might watch another game. Like, I might watch one game a day of hockey. George watches his team, the team he's going to be playing. So he watches a game watching his team and, and the team he's going to be playing. He pre-scouts them, so we're at four. He, he, and he watches the review after, and then he does, and then he scouts hockey all day. You're telling me he can, can't go to a junior B game anywhere in the world and say, uh, that guy can play. He doesn't go there and say, well, yeah, this league, uh, you know, the guy got eight goals today mm-hmm. in this league, but it's not that good. Well, he'll know what type of goals they were, what type of player he was, and he'll know exactly yeah. if that guy can step in. It doesn't have to be the best league in the world. So anyways, I'll, so this is, I'm glad this came up actually because there's so many people that think the grass is greener somewhere else. It's better if I go to Detroit. It's better mm-hmm. if I move to Toronto. My 14-year-old kid moved to Toronto so he gets noticed. He'll get noticed playing for Chatham, Cyclones. Yep. 
Yeah. The Puce freaking River Rats, whatever. I don't know. It's not even <laughs> it's my favorite non-real Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you're good, you're good. They're going to yeah. find you, totally, man. They're man. going sure. to find you. I know. Well, and, that's, and the same thing happened to me. when I So when I was playing junior, the league was a little bit better than it is now, yeah. I think. No, it is. But People, and I'll, I'll qualify that. When you played... Yeah, when you yeah when you played junior B here in the southwestern Ontario loop, there might have been a, a, the odd guy that left to go to BC yeah. or whatever. Now it's like anybody that thinks that they're they need help, they think that they need to get out of here and go. So we, I would say, we probably have ten to fifty ten guys from just this area alone. That are that are gone. No more than ten. Yeah. So that's ten good quality hockey players that can make that league better. Yeah, for sure. And we so we we didn't really have as much of that. Like I right. said, because I had the chance to go to BC and I didn't know at the time. Right. Like I didn't know that was would have been a good move to make. I just didn't know. Now it's like a lot of people are going, but I that's where people found me. Like I had the Division One schools all from playing Junior B here. Yeah. That was from that was where they found me. Yeah. And you're gonna be found. And then after that, if they say, "Okay, go play here or there," then you can make yeah. a choice about that after. But yeah. you don't. Ha- it always it always comes down to the motivation for me. Like, why yeah. are you making the move you're making? And yeah. if you're like you're saying, if you're good, you're good. That's that's a great point. But there's a difference between, you know, having an intentional plan of, okay, in five years I want to be here. What are my steps to get there? And following that versus, I'm just desperately trying to do anything I can to get an opportunity anywhere because I feel like I need help. Yeah. Like those are different motivations for what you're doing, you know. So yeah, yeah we got the couple of kids that moved away that didn't get drafted, and they thought, well, it's it's obviously because it's everybody else's fault. So I need to go somewhere else, and then guess how that's working out? Yeah, yeah. This so, is what it is. So, anyways, so that's I think all uh, I got. yeah, I think just wrapping up the what I want f- for the that second question because we just talked about it for an hour. I think the the takeaway, like you said, is go you know find advice on like where you can improve, find the gaps in your own game, worry about yourself. Don't make compa- like unhealthy comparisons in ways that aren't, aren't useful. And you have to be honest. You have to be honest about how, how you're playing. That's the only way that you're going to, you're going to end up getting better and in improving the things you want to improve. It's not good enough to sit there and say, well, I'm the same as them. Yeah. Like, why am I not getting what they're getting yeah. and whatever? Like there's an, there's something there that's missing. Obviously. Yeah, and that's why you might, you might want to find a, 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 someone that's not going to smoke up your ass and sell you. This is what you need to get better at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we'll uh, wrap her there. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.